Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sports with Ben Griddle, and it's time for a Cougar Insider Report. Now, let's get that proprietary inside scoop on Cougar Sports from Criddle. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Criddle, broadcasting live from our Les Schwab Tire Studios, LesSchwab.com. Safe travel always starts with us. Stop by for a free pre-trip safety check wherever you're roaming. Local access, world-class quality. Uh, you can get great deals right now. VIP products, VIP service, VIP discounts. Mention ESPN 960 at any Les Schwab location for those discounts. It is time for a Cougar Insider Report. Going to get some insight into uh, the Director of Football Operations at Brigham Young University. He's leaving BYU for... New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Why is this happening? We're going to delve into it. Going to be brought to you by our good friends at Bowtown Pub and Grub, BowtownPub.com. BowtownPub.com, you got to check out this uh, the menu, okay? I know when you hear the word pub, you're like, I can't go there, right? Hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil. And pubs have a lot of evil in them. No, this is more grub then pub check out the vineyard location check out the lehigh location here in utah county definitely a, a great place to get great food grab your seat at the table where the game is hot and or the game is on and the wings are always hot with more tvs than tables they're ready to welcome you and your friends for all day breakfast lunch dinner paired with uh great beverages yes even adult beverages if you need those but great drinks they have uh, a great menu uh, for uh, mocktails, love the mocktails. Uh, find your favorite grub and pub now. Baltimorepub.com. All right, so check out the news. Some interesting news with Bronco Mendenhall getting the head coaching job in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Last time he was there, early 2000s, as the defensive coordinator under Rocky Long. He's coming back uh, and uh, back on track. Is Bronco Mendenhall after a little hiatus, after a little sabbatical in uh, in in Montana? on his ranch with him he picks off a very experienced okay director of football operations player personnel director director of scouting all those things in patrick hickman patrick has been mm-hmm. at byu since uh since bronco retired in 2021 he came back as the director of recruiting in 2022 for the cougs and then has since moved into the DFO position, Director of Football Operations for Kalani Sitake and Co. Before, he was the Director of Scouting at Virginia from 2018 to 2021. He was the uh, Director of Player Development in 2016-2017, initially when he was brought over by Bronco to Virginia. Before that, he was BYU Director of Football Operations under Bronco at BYU, Director of Player Development at high, in High School Relations, coordinator from 2006 to 2015 there in Provo. Before that, he was at Boise State. He was uh, over game management, facility management, and operations from 2002 to 2005. Nice pickup. Now, on the surface, though, this doesn't look good for BYU. You lost your DFO. BYU is a Power 5 school with arguably, potentially, hopefully, eventually, P5 money to be able to retain the guys that they like. Sure. So you have to wonder what it was that Bronco was offering. Now, I don't know if it's been announced yet. I don't know if it's officially official. There's, there's not a press release out. There rarely is a single press release out for, for okay. staff members like this. Yes, so if Patrick Hickman gets an associate AD job, okay, then I'll be like, okay, I get it. Sure. Right? There's got to be a title here. 
if he just takes director of football operations or whatever it is, or maybe I, I don't, I don't know. Like I don't know what the position is going to be. I'm intrigued, right? I, I want to see what he, his role is going to be at New Mexico in the rebuild in Albuquerque with Bronco Mendenhall. Like I said, he's he's got a great skill set. Uh, he's got a ton of experience. Uh, you don't really see him at the forefront. He's a guy that just does the work on the back end, you know, behind the scenes. And I think that's why Bronco likes him. You know, no one. We've never had. We've never interviewed him. Not a whole lot of fanfare, you know, surrounding him. And yep. and, and 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 he obviously he's got a great great rapport with Bronco Mendenhall. But on the surface, I don't like it until I see the title. Like if he's making a lateral move in title, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about what we were paying him. What his mm-hmm. role was, yeah, and, and I think that's perfectly acceptable to have those questions, right? When you're seeing an individual take a lateral job, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. He could have a better role. I, 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 I can't imagine it's better pay, but maybe it is in a bigger role. Probably not. Probably an expanded not. role. I don't know. I, I'm very much intrigued by this. I don't like it. I like sustainability i like stability mm-hmm. i like having sure. individuals that have been there done that um i like the staff that kalani's built at byu with justin anderson etc guys coming back to byu pat is a maybe not a through and through just byu guy but that's no. one of the reasons why i liked him because he came from uh, a different background he's been at byu he's been at boise he's been at virginia uh, that experience is a competitive advantage i think for byu in their jump to the big 12 no yeah he's not a byu guy he's an idaho state and a boise state grad got a start in the profession at boise state uh and then he came to byu as dfo he worked as a high school relations coordinator recruiting director etc in 2006 with bronco mendenhall so while the loyalty you may see all these years at byu including coming back to byu initially by the way pat higman came back to byu as a director of recruiting and then got bumped up or bumped over, whatever that position, mm-hmm. position alignment is, to director of football operations. I guess it's up, but it's a little up because they both report to to chief of staff um, uh, John Swift. But but initially he came back as a director of recruiting, and Pat Higman's entire career, save for the last year and a little bit, year and a half, we'll say, mm-hmm. uh, has been with Bronco Mendenhall. So his loyalty is to Bronco. With Bronco Mendenhall back in the game, I I kind of appreciate that one of his first calls is to Patrick Hickman to see if he wants to come over to New Mexico in a similar role, question mark, in a greater role, mm-hmm. question mark. Again, we don't know all of the details, all of the facts, etc. behind this this hire with the Lobos. I'm sure we'll figure that out soon enough. And yeah, if it's a if it's an upgrade, if it's a promotion, I'd I'm with you, Ben. I think a lot of fans will be with you. They'll completely understand why Pat followed Bronco to Albuquerque. But I think even if it's just the same position, it kind of makes a little bit of sense when you realize just how loyal he has been to this one singular head coach. Um, again, like Patrick Hickman has been, he's been awesome at BYU. Again, another one of those sort of unseen servants in the background that does a lot for the program, but fans don't always know their name, don't always, don't always see him out. Um, but he, his loyalty has regularly been with Coach Mendenhall, not necessarily with BYU. So I'm not necessarily entirely surprised that he's now following Bronco over to New Mexico. It's, is, uh, this a, is this not a good sign? Or is it a good sign, a bad sign, not a sign? What is it? I, I don't think it's anything. I think if it, if it were anybody but Bronco Mendenhall, it wouldn't be a thing at all. Hmm. And in a lot of ways. No, I think if he took a job at Colorado State, at Boise State. I'd be very concerned. If no, Bronco no, no, Mendenhall I, weren't there and Patrick and Patrick Higgins I mean, moved way, to I'd just be about concerned. any other job that wasn't a promotion, I'd definitely be concerned. Because of that Bronco element, I'm not concerned about this move at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean. I don't like it one bit. I don't like it one bit, Pat. Fire. Fire. Give me the fire. fire. What do you mean fire? Give me all the fire. I just don't like you it. You just sound hot. That's... I just don't, don't make goose. I like, I like fiery passion at Ben Criddle. Yeah. yeah. On the surface, I just don't like it. From an optic standpoint, I don't like it. I wish Pat well. 
I hope he's making more money. I hope he's got a title race. If this is a lateral raise, or if this is a lateral move, I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my fingers I, I on do me. Hope, hey, what, yeah. what happened here? What happened? Here? I do hope loyal? Patrick Higman gets a raise. Is this a calling? Is Bronco like I need you? Ooh. Without a, I can't do this without. Did he have to you? get an ecclesiastical endorsement before making the call? Like what? Because you said is this a there. calling? No, I mean you know what I mean though. Like from a spiritual standpoint, like you know, not necessarily a church standpoint. It's a spiritual calling. Um, anyway. We'll I think I think I think Pat is very connected to to Bronco. Yeah, no, I I, I, think, I agree. I think, I think that's I think that's pretty much the extent. 2005. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think there is something there. I still don't like it. We'll go to break. Coming up next, uh, let's uh, get a Cougars of the Pro segment under our belt. Zach Wilson, okay, had his best performance of his career versus the Texans. Man, he looked good. Letting it rip. Looking good, feeling good, playing good. Rich Simini will join us next. From ESPN.com, the fans, the media, the ownership, all of them, I think, have undermined Zach Wilson and his success with the Jets organization. They've done it with other quarterbacks. Uh, are they eating crow right now? Or and are they changing their rhetoric? Do they really want him traded? Do they just want to release him like many of them wanted? Do they, do they want to build around him now? We'll discuss with Rich Simini. This is Cougar Sports on ESPN 960. When Ben Criddle isn't breaking down copious amounts of film on his beloved Cougar football team, he's talking Cougar Sports, and he's doing it right here on ESPN 960 and ESPN960sports.com. ESPN 960, this is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Cooper, broadcasting live from our Les Schwab Tire Studios, LesSchwab.com. Take advantage of all the deals right now, VIP products, VIP service, VIP discounts. Mention ESPN 960 at any Les Schwab location. Local access and world-class quality is what you get at any Les Schwab location. It is time for Cougars and the Pros. Going to recap the uh, tremendous uh, effort and execution from Zach Wilson this past week or this uh, this past weekend on Sunday. Played his best game, arguably, of his career in a win over the Texans. We're going to highlight that in this segment. Going to be brought to you by Dental Pros of Utah, dentalprosofutah.com. If you've been told you need a filling, a crown, a root canal, all I'm asking you to do is get a second opinion at Dental Pros of Utah where they utilize the best biomimetic techniques. These are minimally invasive techniques to rebuild your teeth layer by layer so you don't have to settle for fake teeth later on in life. Dentalprosofutah.com. Com. Zach Wilson, what will the Jets do with Zach Wilson at the end of the season? How did he perform uh, this past week versus the Texans? 27 completions, 36 attempts, over 300 yards, 75% completion percentage, 8.4 yards per attempt, two touchdowns. Uh, he was sacked four times. He carried the ball three times for 12 yards. Uh, they won. They won 30-6. to over the Texans. He outplayed C.J. Stroud, which allows Puka Nakua to become the rookie of the year this season in the NFL. Let's discuss it all with New York Jets insider representing ESPN.com. We got Rich Semini on the line. Rich, how you living? Thanks for joining us. Hey, Ben. I was I was hoping you'd call this week. We can talk some, uh, some positive stuff about Zach Wilson. Hell's bells, yes, Rich. You know, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting to be able to dunk on the Jets fans, on the Jets media, on the Jets organization. When my guy Zach started balling out, I had to call you. So let's talk about it. A great performance. Um, his best performance. Agree or disagree? Is this his best performance of his career? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, I'm not the only one. Robert Sala said it today on our conference call with him. He said this is the best game of Zach's career. It's the third time he's gone over 300 yards, but it's the first time that he's gone over 300 with a victory. So I, I would say absolutely it's his best performance. He was just, uh, you know, 75% completion, which is a career high, a 117 passer rating, which is a career high. And, you know, just, uh, I mean, he was, what can you say, man? The guy was in the zone. The second half, he was, he was 18 for 21, over 200 yards had the best half of his career. It was just an outstanding performance. Yeah, what my buddies say on the golf course when uh, someone's hitting them shots straight without any sort of deviance, he was dialed, dialed in. Uh, so that begs the question, right? Well, let, let's talk about this. What do you attribute that to? I mean, you've seen Zach for almost, I mean, three years now. 
Like, you've watched every single one of these games. You've dissected the film, Rich. You've seen the ups and downs. You've seen the wins, and more often there were losses. What to what do you attribute this performance to? Yeah, I think a lot of Jets fans are trying to sort that through, through that stuff today as well, just wondering, like, why can't we, couldn't we get this to earlier in the year? So I, I think there's a couple of factors, um, you know, and what they played a good team. So it's not like they played a, a yeah. team that was laying down at the end of the year. Houston's a good team. They're, they're in the thick of the playoff hunt. Um, you know, their defense, I wouldn't say it's an elite defense, but they're solid. So he did it against a, a you know, a competent opponent. And I think a couple of things. One, I think Zach, and he, and he articulated this last week when, when he got renamed to the starting spot. I think he was, he's been through so much here in New York. You know, he's been up, down, up, down, in the lineup, out of the lineup, that I think he basically said, screw it. You know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to play with a chip on my shoulder. If I throw a couple of picks, so be it. And I think he shared that sentiment with a lot of teammates. He said, basically, guys, what's the worst thing that could happen to me? What, are they going to bench me again? Mm -hmm. So I think partly that attitude, I think in the second half, the play caller, Nathaniel Hackett, finally took the training wheels off Zach. You know, they opened the second half with 10 straight pass plays. And I think it was 9 out of 10 on those pass plays. and Or rather, 8 out of 9. Something like that. Something good. But... You know, so it, it was them letting him play, him taking a different attitude, and, you know, just the, the guys made plays around him. And so it, it all came together on one, you know, the weather stunk, so he did it in, in bad conditions, yeah. which is another another uh, positive. So I'm really curious to see if he can sustain it over the next next couple of games. If he can, if he can find some sort of consistency. Now, he doesn't have to throw for 300 every single game, but if he finds consistency – what will the Jets do with Zach Wilson at the end of the season, right? I, I mean, release him, trade him, build around him, bench him, and add more quarterbacks. What do you see here uh, in the future of Zach Wilson? Last time I think I chatted with you, you said, hey, his time in New York, it's got to be done. they got to figure out how to how to maybe get rid of him, find a way to, 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 to get the most out of him and maybe a trade deal. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm still thinking that way, Ben. Um you know, even despite this uh, really good performance. Um, and I'm not so sure Zach is opposed to that either. You know, I, I think if I were in his shoes, I might be inclined to ask the team to trade me. Just to, I mean, it's been so rough here in New York. I've covered this team for so long. I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback go through this much adversity. I mean, certainly the Jets have a way of ruining quarterbacks. They've done it throughout their history. And so I've seen some pretty tough situations. But this one is, you know, he's been benched three times. Uh, you know, he had the incident last year where, you know, where he got, you know, a lot of teammates weren't happy with him. He had the Mike White T-shirt thing, which yeah. was really tough. He's been through the ringer here in New York, and he's handled it pretty well. I mean, I got to admit, he's handled it well. But if I were him, I'd probably be looking to go elsewhere. He would come back as Aaron Rodgers' backup. And, you know, I think the Jets, it's probably time, best for both sides for a clean slate, um, unless something crazy happens. I mean, if he plays absolutely lights out over, over the last few games, then maybe you think about keeping him. But I think it probably would be best uh, for, you know, if he plays great, that would be super for the Jets because they would maximize his trade value. I, I talked to a personnel guy in the league a few days ago before the game, and he thought the Jets might be able to get as, as much as a fifth rounder for him. Uh, if he plays well down the stretch, you know, that price would go up. And uh, he's got one year left on his contract. He's making $5.5 next year. It's fully guaranteed. I don't think any team would take that. The Jets would have probably have to eat some of that money. Mm -hmm. So I, I still think more chances than – more likely than not, he's playing elsewhere next year. Rich Semini, insider for all New York Jets information uh, here on ESPN 960. Rich. Uh, my, I guess I want to know if you believe him and what you just said in that in that prior in that prior response. Do the Jets, their organization, right, their ownership, their coaching staff, the media, 
the fans. I talk about pie chart of accountability on my show a lot after losses, after plays, after Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, right? How much accountability is there? How is it partitioned when when we're talking about failed quarterback experiments, especially in the Zach Wilson case? Like, how, how who's, who's taking accountability for the failures here, would you say? And, and does, does everyone well, deserve a piece of the that pie? Yeah, that pie is going to a few different people, for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's not just one person. Uh, you know, I, I believe the player has to accept the most responsibility. And, and to be clear, you know, Zach has had some flashes over the last three years, but he has not played well over the last three years. And so I think the player would have to take most of the accountability. I think the Jets organization would have to take a fairly big portion of that pie. And even they admitted last year a mistake in in saying that they rushed Zach Wilson into the lineup as a rookie where they said now, well, in retrospect, it probably would have been better to have a veteran quarterback in there, someone he can learn from. Well, that's a mistake by the organization, and they have owned up to it, but you can't go back. You can't get a do-over on that. So I would say that's part of it. Uh, you know, he's had two offensive coordinators who have not distinguished themselves. You know, Mike LaFleur got fired after the end of last season, and now they have Nathaniel Hackett, who is, look, <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to bash the guy, but I mean, he's been in charge of the two worst offenses in the league the last two years, Denver and and New York. So take that for what it's worth. So he deserves a share of that pie as well. And, uh, you know, they have not put a great supporting cast around Zach, so that's on the general manager. So I I think you could split up that pie, Ben, in a few different uh, portions for sure. It's not one or two people. It's when, When a quarterback does not succeed and he's drafted that highly, it's an organizational failure as well. Do you feel like the media and the fans, the greater fan base, influences personnel decisions, puts pressure on the ownership, and as an extension of that, the coaching staff to make decisions based off of the media buzz and narratives that surround this team? I do, and it shouldn't be that way, but I, I do believe that you know, certain teams, and I would include the Jets in that, I think they do make decisions based on, uh, you know, what the public outcry is. Um, you know, I, I've seen it over the years. I think, um, you know, their ownership over the years has been particularly prone to that um, based on the which way the wind is blowing. Sometimes I think they make decisions based on that. Um, you know, in Zach's case, you know, you could argue uh, three weeks ago when he got benched, you know, that maybe the coaching staff and Robert Sala succumbed to the uh, public pressure of benching him. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, their offense was in a really bad place three weeks ago when they benched Zach, and I had no problem with them benching him at the time. Was it all his fault? No. But, you know, they had to try something because it was they just couldn't score. I thought they should have gone to Trevor Simeon at that point. They went to Tim Boyle, which turned out to be a horrendous decision. He, he was terrible, and it ended up, ended up getting fired. You know, He played his way right off the roster. Uh, he was cut last Tuesday. So, um, you know, uh, it's yes, the answer is yes. I think sometimes the people who are making decisions are, you know, they listen to too much of the outside noise. Yeah, I just wonder if that's a sign of the – I guess let me take a step back here, Rich – when when the buzz surrounding Zach Wilson pre-draft was beginning to occur, I made the comparison, because I mostly cover college football, right? I made the comparison that the biggest issue with the Jets organization is that they seemingly allow outside voices to influence whatever decisions they're making internally. And I compared them to USC and Texas, who I think culturally they allow t- too many cooks in the kitchen, and that – that breeds inconsistency and sometimes cultural issues and sometimes even incompetence, right? Because there's too much volatility with too many cooks in the kitchen, right? When any, with any organizational structure, I'm sure even with uh, your organizational structure there at, at ESPN, right? If there's too much volatility, uh, it creates inconsistency and in performance, etc. So I think that there is something there, and I, I, I got some hate mail from for pointing that out. Jets fans did not like that, Rich. They were pretty pissed off. I got yeah. some hate mail about it. They're like, oh, no, we're going to build around Zach. In fact, 
I remember the quote from Sala. I, I believe he said something to the effect of, like, I'm, I, I remember, this organization is going to lift you and not the other way around. They, they, there's been failures on multiple fronts. So I, I think yeah. there is something there. And I wonder if the media and fans are coming to that realization saying, hey, maybe we're also a part of this problem. Yeah, I don't think the Jets are alone in that. I think a lot of, you know, maybe not a lot, but certain franchises are uh, vulnerable to outside noise. And I think what the Jets have lacked, you know, for a long time is just that one dominant personality in the building. They really haven't had it since Bill Parcells left in 2000. Just that one voice, the experienced coach who comes in and basically says, I don't care what anybody thinks, I'm doing it my way. And you can't argue with him because he's done it before. I think you're seeing that in Denver now with Sean Payton. Uh, he comes in and maybe makes some unpopular decisions, but you know what? You know he's got the pelts on the wall. That's what Parcells always used to tell me. He goes, you know, do you got any pelts on the wall? Yeah. And the Jets have hired first-time coaches since sure. Parcells came. You know, yep. and and in case of Robert Sala, who I think has the ability to be a good coach, he's a yep. defensive-minded coach, and that's important when you're trying to develop a young quarterback. Uh, and and the way they set it up didn't work great because, and it's not all of it was the Jets' fault. You know, Robert Sala hired a rookie coordinator in Michael Floor, but the guy who was really going to tutor Zach Wilson was Greg yeah. Knapp, who tragically yeah. was killed in an, you know, an automobile. He was biking a couple of years ago um, in July of 2021. He never really got a chance to coach Zach. They only were together for a couple of months when he was tragically killed. And so there went the Jets. Uh, you know the, the organizational quarterback guru, and they never really replaced him until this year. Um, and even now, I, I question whether they have a guru in the building. So that was uh, that was no fault of the Jets that that happened. And so there's been a just a confluence of a, a lot of different factors that have contributed to this situation. Let me ask you this: from a personnel standpoint, drafting standpoint, um, has the Jets organization done enough? to protect, to build up, to lift Zach Wilson from a uh, personnel standpoint, to protect him, uh, to give him tools? Like, what do you – how would you grade that out? Uh, the GM, Douglas, and the coaching staff and their drafts and, and free agency, uh, I guess, acquisitions? Well, I think they have done enough there. Uh, like the previous administration, like with Sam Darnold, who was another failed quarterback, they did a terrible job of helping him out. I mean, they just had crappy supporting casts for him. Now, with, with Zach, they have draft, They have invested in high draft. I mean, Garrett Wilson is a sensational wide receiver. I mean, uh, he's the best receiver the Jets have had in a long time. Brees Hall is an outstanding running back. They've put, you know, their tight ends are, are solid. You know, they're not great, they're soft, but solid. The problem is, despite investing a lot of resources into the offensive line. Joe Douglas has not been able to build a quality offensive line. Some of, a lot of it's because of injuries. Elijah Vera Tucker at a USC guy never missed a game in college because of an injury. Now he's missed two years in a row, basically. Same thing with Makai Becton, first round pick out of Louisville. You know, uh, he missed basically two years before this year, yeah. and so they've been devastated by injuries sure. on the offensive line. They've started. 13 different offensive linemen this year, Ben, which is by far the most of the and, and most of that is due to injury, correct? Yes, it's totally due to injury. I mean, and it's not like they're injury-prone guys. I think they need to do some sort of sports science study. I don't know if it's the turf at the stadium or the training methods. Something ain't right because these guys are getting hurt at an alarming pace on the offensive line, and it's crippling the entire offense. But in terms of they definitely have invested the resources in trying to help Zach Wilson. It's just that it hasn't turned out, you know, for, for various reasons, largely injury. Rich Semini, ladies and gentlemen, here on ESPN 960. Uh, as, as mentioned, I, I put this poll out to Cougar Nation. They, they all foresee a trade coming down the pipeline. And uh, just to rehash this, uh, you, you foresee a trade at the end of the season and, and once again, could you kind of evaluate what type of uh, value they'll get from trading Zach Wilson? 
Well, I think it depends on how he does over these last four games, but I think if they were to put him on the market right now, I think he, and, and this is not me talking, this is from you know soliciting the opinion of a personnel guy who knows the league, said probably uh, the ceiling would be a fifth-round pick right now. And uh, you saw Trey Lance go from San Francisco to Dallas for a fourth-rounder. You know, he hadn't really played, so maybe it was kind of a, uh, his canvas, he had more of a a blank canvas where his trade, where his overall value may not have been hurt that much. Now, Zach's value has been hurt by two and a half years of, of, of below average play. Now, maybe he changes the narrative over these last few games. Uh, if the Jets continue to play this way, and then they could perhaps get even higher than a fifth rounder. But, uh, Ben, I just think that with Aaron Rodgers coming back next year, the Jets have to ensure themselves of, of an experience with an experienced backup quarterback. And I just think there's been too much water under the bridge here in New York. And like I said, now I, I'm not saying I know this, I'm just speculating that I would not be shocked if Zach, at the end of the year, went to the went to the coaching staff in the front office and said, look, guys, I'd really like a fresh start. And, in fact, one of your papers out there reported that over the weekend, that he's been told by the Jets that they would trade him after the season. Now, I don't think the Jets go around making promises like that to players because if it gets out, it hurts their leverage. But, again, I would not be shocked at all if they trade Zach in the offseason. Rich, what's the best way to support you, what you do there in New York? I know they can read all your stuff at ESPN.com. How else can the Cougar Nation support you and the content you produce for the Jets? Yeah, at Rich Slamini, uh, C-I-M-I-N-I on Twitter. I probably tweet about Zach Wilson, oh, I don't know, probably like 30 or 40 times a week. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you'll get your uh, Zach Wilson updates and... Also, I have a flight uh, podcast uh, called Flight Deck, where we uh, often, like we do here in New York, we're obsessed with quarterbacks, so we discuss Zach Wilson a lot, and we'll have a lot of a breakdown of his performance in the, the latest Flight Deck, which will you can get it anywhere you get your podcast. Love it, Rich Semini, ladies and gentlemen. Always a pleasure, always a blessing having you on our airwaves. Rich, thanks so much for joining us today. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All righty, Ben. Take care now. Yes, sir. Rich Simini, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that was a Cougars in the Pro segment, uh, and it was brought to you by Dental Pros of Utah, DentalProsofUtah.com. If you've been told you need a filling, a crown, a root canal, you want to avoid the devastating effects of, uh, of traditional dentistry, you want to save your teeth in the long run, save your wallet, save that money, Get biomimetics done at Dental Pros of Utah, dentalprosofutah.com. Sean, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? There we go. That's our segment. We're sticking to it. Don't go anywhere. More to get to uh, in the next segment. Let's do what's cooking with the Cougars coming up next. All the news and notes of the day. This is Cougar Sports on ESPN 960. You're heading home after a long day. Now the question becomes, what are you going to pick up for dinner? Ben Criddle tells you what you should pick up and also gives you the latest news that's cooking with BYU Sports in What's Cooking with the Cougars here on ESPN 960. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Criddle broadcasting live from our Les Schwab Tire Studios, leschwab.com. Uh, take advantage of all the deals right now at LeshWabLeshWab.com. Winter is here. Winter is coming. And uh, you can get some great deals on tires, local access, world-class quality, VIP product service, and discounts. Mention ESPN 960 or myself, Ben Criddle, at any one of their locations for those uh, those uh, those benefits. Okay, it is time for What's Cooking with the Cougars, all the news and notes of the day. Going to be brought to you by our good friends at Fat Daddy's Pizzeria, Fat Daddy's Pizzeria, as well as Baltown Pub and Grub, Baltown Pub, Dot com. The Fat Daddies is New York City style pizza. We just got off the line with uh, with Rich Semini of uh, ESPN.com, a Cougar, or I guess a, a New York Jets insider with a, a you know, and, and, and also breaking down a former Cougar in the pros now, right now, Zach Wilson. But um, 
Uh, it is New York City-style pizza. It is delicious. It's pizza made right. And uh, you can get eight free garlic knots with your purchase of a pie. I love Fat Daddy's because of the specialty pies. I like specialty pizzas. I like stories behind them. We are, after all, homo sapiens, and we like stories. We like storytelling. So uh, there is a story to every single one of these pizzas. We ask you to try it out, give it a whirl. Also, shout-out to Bowtime Pub and Grub. It is more grub than pub, though. I'm telling you right now. Try out their food, bottomless french fries. They have the mocktails for those that don't like to imbibe. I'm not an imbiber myself. I like the mocktails. I like the sugary drinks that I get at uh, some of those uh, those local fast food places. But they have some great mocktail options at Baltown Pub and Grub. I like the uh, the Monte Cristo sandwich as well as the BABB burger and always with those bottomless fries. Check it out, BaltownPubandGrub.com. All right, let's get to all the news and notes of the day brought to you by our fine sponsors, Perpy Thamel. Sources, he states, BYU is expected to hire Georgia Southern offensive line coach T.J. Woods at the same spot, vacated by Coach Daryl Funk. He's a veteran offensive line coach who has worked at Utah State, Oregon State, Wisconsin. This move won't be formalized until after he coaches in Saturday's Myrtle Beach Bowl for Georgia Southern. Your reaction to the news, Sean Walker, and what grade do you give it? Love the hire. Absolutely love the hire. As an offensive line coach, T.J. Woods is among the best. I covered I covered him a little bit when he was at Utah State back in the day. He's put some some really, really nice athletes into the NFL, including former Jordan High star Tyler Larson, who's still a starting center with the Washington football team. I guess we can call them commanders now or whatever you want to call them. Uh, hashtag Redskins forever, right? HTTR. Um, but, yeah, T.J. Woods is a great offensive line coach. He's very technical. He's a little bit younger, but he – so he can relate to the players a little bit more, but he's also been around uh, for about 20 years in college football. He's he's a guy who has done great things with run games across the country, and he was UNLV's offensive line coach and co-offensive coordinator for two seasons, including last year, or I guess now two years ago, mm-hmm. when a certain Aiden Robbins ran for over 1,000 yards there. So love this hire, absolutely love this hire. Uh, I think it was right up there with among the best that BYU could get. As just a, as just a pure position coach, I think it's among the best that BYU could have gotten in this situation. Yeah, I, I give it a B. I give it a solid B with the experience, uh, uh, with the connectivity of, uh, of him, you know, the connection – of uh, the the Gary Anderson, Kalani Satake, I guess, coaching tree. They've coached with each other before. There's trust there. Um, I say it's a B. And to be determined whether or not it's an A in the seasons to come. He can prove me wrong that it's it's more than a B higher. But uh, I think it's a B higher. And I think that's solid, all things considered. Is it the, the best offensive line coach in the country? No. He's, he, he's, he, he's been attached to specifically – one head coach for for most of his tenure, and that's Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson. Now, Gary sure. Anderson used to be the bell of the ball. He was a, a golden child. He was a guy that was rising up the ranks. Okay, and spent some time as an offensive line coach himself. Yeah, so he, look, he knows he, line he, he was a very yeah. very good college football coach. Um, it's hard to have sustained success in college football. For sure. Look at the data regarding CEOs in the corporate world. Okay, most of them need to move on after five years. Why? Because it's not sustainable to stay at the same place. To have sustained success at the same spot for more than two years, three years is a phenomenon. Three years is hard. It is so hard. hard. Yeah, for sure. It's soon. It's because they're always going to look for. You could be winning eight, nine games a season. Bo Pelini is a good example. And if you're abrasive, then the leash is. Is uh, is not long. If you're yeah, too yeah. nice, sure. Clay Helton, you know you only have a a, a, a leash that's so long, and because you and you can win eight, nine, sometimes ten games. Sure. But they want more than that. Has Lincoln Riley done better than Clay Helton at USC? Not necessarily. No. No. By the numbers, no. 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 Yeah. He has it. Like that's what I'm saying. Like more star power, more awards in some cases. But I, yeah, whatever. Not, not by the numbers, but yeah. I'm just I'm just saying like. I guess the point I'm making in all this is that um, it's a solid, it's a solid hire, and I, I, I'm intrigued to see what he can do with BYU talent. Sure, let's see what I, he can do I with BYU talent. 
I give it a good B plus, borderline A minus. Again, it's not the best of the best. The best of the best would be hiring like a sitting power five offensive coordinator or something to come in and run the O-line game. I just don't know if that's entirely realistic. So in this situation, as an O-line coach, I'm grading this as a straight-up O-line coach, by the way. There may be some more details about his position that come out a little bit later after the Myrtle Beach Bowl when Georgia Southern is done and and TJ is kind of free to officially come over and that sort of thing. Uh, If if more details sort of shake themselves out, I may re- reassess that, rearrange that a little bit. But as a straight-up old line coach, uh, I really like the hire. I love the hire. And most importantly, Ben, uh, do you know where T.J. Woods is from? He's from San Dimas, California. And as we both know, San Dimas High School football rules. I, I did not know that. Yeah. Odo- I thought O'Doyle mm-hmm. rules. No, but... San Dimas High School football rules, and strange things are afloat at the Circle K, Ted. BYU wide receiver McGuire Anderson has entered the transfer portal with four years of eligibility left for him. Anderson was a 2022 BYU commit coming from Lutz, Florida. Anderson was the fourth-ranked punt returner, kick returner in the state of Florida in high school while at J.W. Mitchell. I know you guys also announced while I was gone, Dom Henry in the portal, another uh, another Florida yep. product. He's got three years of eligibility. Looks like he's picked up a number of offers since uh, last, uh, last I heard. I, I think Florida Atlanta came knocking. Some uh, some local schools that liked what they saw at BYU. I think Florida Atlantic and then also Southern Illinois, Charleston Southern, amongst others. So Dom Henry getting some offers, getting some looks uh, in, the, in the portal. Uh, some recruiting news. Three-star offensive tackle, Ikanasio Iki Tupo, committed to BYU over the weekend. The Palo Alto native had this to say. Regarding his commitment to BYU, I am beyond blessed to announce my official commitment to Brigham Young University. I want to thank my family, coaches, and team for pushing me daily to get to where I am today. Secondly, I want to thank BYU for giving me this opportunity to ball at the next level around my family. And most importantly, I want to thank God for getting me through this long journey and process in my life that has only that, that, that has not only opened doors for me, but my entire family. With that being said, I'll be officially signing with the Cougars December 20th and will be officially in Provo, Utah in the summer of 2024. Provo, Utah is where it's at. TMU. What does TMU mean? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that accurate means. So, Ikenacio Tupo. Iki. Really, really great pickup. Uh, Iki Tupo was a guy who most recruiting insiders pegged as a Washington signee, by the way. Uh, obviously, something has changed in the last couple of weeks. He's now committing to be committed yeah, to BYU. Yeah, he was 100 percent crystal um, ball to Washington. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people, a lot of people thought he was bound for some Big Ten schools on the West Coast. Utah was also in his top five as well. For BYU to pick him up says something, I think, about their plans for the future at offensive line, and in particular, um, you and I both know Ben recruits love playing time and NFL projection ability. Everybody wants to go to the NFL. And so I think at least one of those two things is in play for somebody like Iki Tupo, the three-star, out of Palo Alto, California. 6'6", Arizona offered Utah, Washington, Arizona State, Cal, Colorado State, Nevada, Oregon State, San Jose State, Tennessee, Utah State, and Washington State, uh, amongst others. So shout-out to Iki. Congratulations to the Cougars on getting that commitment. Uh, BOE has gotten another BOE football commit in Luke Nadal for the class of 2024 for for Brigham. Uh, Luke brings to the table uh, a multi-sport athleticism, playing hoops and football, and multi-position specialty as well. He could play strong safety, linebacker for the Cougs. He also played wide receiver for the Red Devils of Springville. Had offers from Utah State, amongst others, was hearing from other G5 and P5 schools. BYU gets the commitment from Luke Nadal. Your thoughts, Sean? Grew up a big BYU fan in the heart of Utah County, which is saying something in Springville because for those who know, hashtag if you know, you know, uh, Springville's got a lot of red in it. Got a lot of red in it. Shout out to our good friend Scott Mitchell. I think you've had him on the show. We'll call him a friend of the program. If not, I'll personally call him a friend of the program. Uh, we, we do love Scott over here. Um, but yeah, so Springville's, Springville's a big kind of piece of red in the heart of Utah County, but the Nadals are big BYU fans. Luke called them, uh, called the Cougars, quote, his dream school a little bit earlier in the program. If you missed that interview, we'll get up on the podcast feed, or at least DJMK Martin Kelly will get it up on the podcast feed as soon as possible as well. But he's a multi-positional athlete, a multi-sport athlete, really good basketball player. Caught passes last year from Ryder Burton, the BYU uh, freshman quarterback this past season, so I'm sure that doesn't hurt. And he's also really good friends with 
Dallin Johnson, the defensive tackle who committed to BYU forever ago. I, seriously, he's been committed, I think, for like two and a half, three years, something like that. Another longtime BYU fan as well. So uh, I love Springville kids. This one's really, really sharp as well. He's a 3-9-something GPA, smart kid. He's going to enroll in two years after he serves a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But in an offense that, um, how do I put this delicately? Springville's not exactly a wide-open passing game threat mm-hmm. offense, right? Sure. Uh, and in that kind of an offense, Luke still had 538 yards receiving and eight touch in, touchdowns from Ryder Burton last year, mm-hmm. and then 629 yards receiving and five scores this year uh, amidst kind of a meandering um, passing game. So over 1,000 yards receiving in two seasons. Uh, he's going to come in and play DB, probably projects as like a strong safety type, maybe nickel outside linebacker somewhere in there as well. Had This past year had 23, 24, touch, 24 tackles and two interceptions as well. Nice ball hawk kid um, and great leadership. He was a team captain each of the past two seasons as well on the defensive side of the ball. So that's a little bit about Luke Nadold. Like, like it. Breakdown. Uh Isaiah Glass, an offensive lineman from Arizona State. He's in the portal right now. Blair Angulo, Tennessee, Michigan State, Oklahoma State, Houston, and BYU among the teams expressing interest in ASU transfer offensive tackle Isaiah Glass. So keep an eye on him. BYU offered 2025 ESPN Top 300, a four-star defensive back Aiden Manutai. I believe out of Kahuku High School, something to keep an eye on there. And then Will Walker, shout-out to Will Walker, BYU commit for the 2025 class, uh, obtained First team, all region honors for 6A, region two. Shout out to him. No relation. No relation to Sean Walker. No all relation. But we love Will, though. We love Will. Another friend of the program. We yes, indeed. Will. But no uh, relation. Check I've, been asked, I've actually been asked that. They're like, oh, is that like a cousin or a nephew or something? I'm like, no, this. Call me your nephew. To completely be out. Yeah, maybe I'll call my nephew. nephew. When, nephew when he does something, when he kicks like a game winner at BYU, I'll. You'll you'll see a "That's my nephew" tweet or something. That's that's my yeah. nephew. That's my nephew. Shout out to Jack. DeMille. Some B- Big Twelve basketball news: Twelve of the fourteen teams in the Big Twelve are in the top eighty-five for net rankings. Houston's at number two. BYU's at number three. Baylor at number six. Iowa State number eight. Kansas number fourteen. Oklahoma fifteen. Cincinnati twenty-five. TCU fifty. Texas sixty-third. Texas Tech seventy-fourth. Kansas State eightieth. And then 83rd is UCF. Oklahoma State at 136, West Virginia at 195. Two teams in the Big 12 outside the top 100. Yep. Next year's addition to the league, check this out. Arizona, number one. Utah, 32nd. Colorado, 37th. And then Arizona State, 108. That is the best basketball conference in the United States of America. So I get this is the net. The net updates daily or every other day. It, It changes regularly. But based off of the current numbers... The Big 12 will be losing the number 15 team in the net and the number 63 team in the net and replacing them with the number 1, 32, 37, and 108 team. It's crazy. In the NCAA evaluation Boom. tool. Boom. I don't, I don't understand how there's an Boom. argument that there is a better basketball conference or a deeper bas- college basketball conference in America. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma left because they were sick and tired of subsidizing the W's, the uh, the, the athletic departments. They were of, sick and tired of Bill Self. Uh, oh, they were so contracts. sick and tired <laughs> of like paying for all of the other sports that were beating them, not only on the football field, but in across the entire athletic department. Maybe not on the volleyball court. Texas volleyball. Pretty okay, good. all right. Besides volleyball women's volleyball, I'll give them that's yeah, it. Yeah. They were losing yeah. everywhere else. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, uh, speaking of losing everywhere else, Bedlam, the Bedlam duels, Oklahoma-Oklahoma State wrestling. Uh, Oklahoma State with a resounding, like, a 30-something point win over Oklahoma this past weekend over there. So wow. if you want to go there. Congratulations. So, yeah, yeah. Some football cougars in the pros news. Zach Wilson versus the Texans was 27-36, 301 passing yards, 75% completion percentage, two touchdowns, no IMTs, 117.9 uh, passer rating. They won 30-6. to uh, Yeah, looked good. His best performance of his career and it begs the question, what will the, the, the Jets do if Zach Wilson continues to play well? Uh, even average. Uh, it, 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 you begin to wonder if, if the organization okay, listens to media and fans, and they change their tune, they eat crow about Zach Wilson and say, man, we just need to keep him. We need to keep him and Aaron Rodgers. They may not be willing to give up Zach, even though 
maybe behind closed doors are saying, hey, we failed you, we didn't build around you. Maybe the quote from Doug Robinson at Deseret News is correct. We want to build you up. We want to build around you and make sure you're successful. And we failed you in this process. I wonder, because Rich Semini joined us, and he stated that he believes that the organization, the ownership, and the coaching staff over the years has catered to the media and the fans, the horde, as I call them. There are a bunch of there's there's, there's a bunch of orcs. I mean, there are a bunch of orcs, and they're just they're, they're it's the horde, man. And, and they are volatile. They are the violent. Horde. They are the horde. For the horde. Uh, That's why we're alliance over yeah, there. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, man. Like. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If they change their tuner like, we need Zach. We need Zach. We need him to back up Aaron Rodgers. They may not trade him. Maybe. I, I still think they're too far down that that road not to figure out a way to even mutually separate from Zach Wilson. I think it would be mutually beneficial for both sides as well. But it's hard to go against those hordes, man. It is hard to go against those hordes. I mean, look at it in college football as well. Like, like we can say what we want about Jets fans and whether or not they're too loud, whether media is too tough in the Big Apple, in that market. Uh, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But it's the same way in college football as well. You know, it's impossible to get patience with college football coaches with one or two down years mm-hmm. because all of a sudden the fans, the boosters, the, the deep-pocketed investors, the season ticket holders, yeah. the students, they don't want to show up. You're not, you're not selling tickets. You're not selling merch. You're not selling everything else that helps fuel these programs. The and most so important not, thing is to win, though. Yeah. Everyone comes back. Like, I am of the philosophy, exactly. and I know people hate this. I, I'm probably more Bronco than I am, you know, Kalani. In Your coach? Regard. Your coach? No, no, no. What I'm saying is, like, I am probably more like close off everything. Do not allow access. <laughs> Just keep it very confined to your team, your culture, your mantras. Block it all out. Do not involve anybody else. Do not allow that noise to determine anything. And you ride or die by the wins and losses. Like, and you got to give it time, especially in a rebuild. The Jets, to a certain extent, have, but they haven't because they benched. Zach along the way, they benched him, sure. they benched him, and brought they in Aaron Rodgers to. No, it's just like game, it's just yeah. like undermining. You're just you're allowing the horde to rule you, and you can't do that. It, it undermines culture. It undermines continuity. I don't care if they're failing. If it's a rebuild, it's a rebuild, right? Like the worst thing you can do in a rebuild is is change things. And granted, they've been riddled with injuries. I will give that a ton of credence. It's hard to have continuity with injuries. But still, there's a lot of that pie chart of accountability that falls on the ownership, the media, the fans, and the coaching staff, not just the players. Rich said it's the players. I said, nah, nah, not always. Not when the players are putting in Some players haven't helped. Garrett Wilson wearing the Ben Zach shirt or whatever it was. The yeah, not smart. Shirt. Not that smart. didn't help. Yeah, it's immature. Can I get to another local or yes. uh, Cougars in the pro Go here? Go ahead. Because I love this one. Yes. Rams wide receiver Puka Nakua now has 1,113 receiving yards in his career, his one-year career, joining Odell Beckham, Aquan Bolden, and Randy Moss as the only players in the Super Bowl era with 1,100 or more receiving yards in their first 13 career games, according to the NFL Research Department. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Puka, who is just a little over 300 yards away from setting the NFL's uh, all-time rookie record for receiving yards, he's only he needs just 135 yards over the next four games to set the BYU record for most receiving yards in a season. Shout out to Cougar stats. What a baller, dude! Dude is Puka. absolutely killing it on a rather middling team, a little bit of a mediocre team just by record. I mean, they're right hovering around that 500 mark. The Rams are. Tough one, tough a lot of parody one. In the NFL last could, night, yeah. Lose or beat anybody in any yeah. given week. Absolutely tough one yesterday, but Puka is crushing it, and he's crushing it by the way with a fully healthy Cooper Cup next to him. 
as well. So mm-hmm. I think that bodes well for that Rams offense for years to come, no matter where they finish this season. BYU men's basketball news. BYU men's basketball fell over the weekend to Utah in a Huntsman Center, 73-69. Senior guard Spencer Johnson had a double-double. He had 10 points, 11 rebounds. Jackson Robinson led the team in scoring with 17 points. The stat that stands out from the game is BYU shooting 7-30 from the three-point line and then uh, 50% from the charity stripe. Both of those. Which one do you get more pissed off about? Mm. Like For me, it's the free throw line. Free throws. Like, I mean, it just, like, like, it just ticks me off. Yeah. I, I'll take... Like, you're going to be hot and cold from the three-point line. They say sure. live and die by the three. Uh, the one thing I cannot tolerate, I do not tolerate, is uh, shooting, you know, like 55% from the free-throw line. That's just – that's intolerable. That is yeah. – uh, it's inconceivable that a BYU basketball team can shoot that poorly. I don't care if it's at the Huntsman Center and you have Bill Walton spitting around uh, in in the muss with some sort of distraction tool. Yeah. I, I just don't. No, it's I, too no much. excuse. Just play like it's a champion. Much. I use I used the phrase in my – it wasn't my game recap, but that went to our Utah writer. But in my sidebar from the game on Saturday, I used the phrase that, that Utah defended the free throw line very well oh, against gosh. BYU. Uh, yeah, I got a little bit of pushback, guys. I was being facetious. I was very clearly being facetious. I do like you that. You can't actually guard the free throw line. Well, you can't maybe trash-talking. Maybe verbal abuse. I mean, I think fans can guard the free throw line. The t- Ver- teams themselves can. Verbal abuse from players. the fans and or yeah. the players yeah. under your breath? There is statistical evidence that teams do shoot worse from the free throw line in the Marriott Center than anywhere else, other teams that play BYU at uh, in Provo. Like, there is actual statistical evidence to that. Mark Pope's got a whole spreadsheet about it. I don't know. I can't remember the exact numbers. But they're, I think they're anywhere from – Three to seven percent worse on the year in Provo versus anywhere else. I think those were the numbers. Uh, it's it's tough to shoot free throws on the road, hostile environment, all of that. I get it. There, there is a little bit of that quote unquote defense of the free throw line. Um, but uh, that's that is I I I still feel like yeah. that's the area where you can control the most. And if BYU hits uh, three, four, five of those free throws that mm-hmm. they missed down the stretch against Utah, sure, I think they win that game. If, if they hit five of Amen. them, I think they win that game. Amen. Yeah. Few, fewer than that, it's it's obviously a lot closer. But there were moments where they really could have used an and one or a four-point play by Jackson Robinson where he where he missed that free throw. I think it was J-Rob. Pretty sure it was J-Rob. Yeah, Trevin um, missed, I think, front end. Yeah, I mean, Trevin missed the front end of a, of a one-and-one. Like, moments like that at least would have been a lot bigger down the stretch and potentially could have turned the tide. Uh, into a momentous comeback. So, got to make your free throws, man. BYU still, despite the loss, remains in the AP Top 25 for the third consecutive week uh, as uh, they come in, what, 18th in the latest poll. They dropped only four spots. They're also ranked 17th in USA Today coaches poll, so there's congruency there. The Cougars ranked in the top five in the nation in nine categories, including second in bench points per game, scoring margin, three-point attempts per game, uh, three-point shots made per game and three-point defense like that uh boe is one of six big 12 schools in the top 25 for the third straight week uh so that is uh that is good uh, tough tough week for unbeaten tough weekend for unbeaten in college basketball by the way uh byu not the only one i believe there were six other undefeated teams including colorado state losing at home to st mary's nevada lost at home to drake um Gonzaga not unbeaten, I think they, but they took their second loss to uh, Washington. Ugh, yeah. not great. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of a rough, rough weekend for some undefeated teams in college basketball. It happens. It's only December. There's no, there's no reason to freak out yet, guys. Uh, one reason that I think BYU fans should celebrate, though, is this one from Greg Rubel. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, you yeah. got it out of the game notes. Since joining the starting lineup, Ali Khalifa has 14 assists, zero turnovers. Uh, for the season, he has 23 helpers and just two turnovers. Overall, that includes his bench time. Is Ali Khalifa the best passing big man in the country, then? Um, look, I, I don't watch enough college basketball every night to make that uh, to make that statement, to pine on it, but I will say this. He's got to be up there. He's one of the best big men that I've ever seen distribute the ball. And uh, I've been watching a lot of basketball since uh, since I've uh, I was a young lad. Jonathan Tavernari, who played and is one of the best in BYU basketball history, as well as uh, what almost a ten year vet overseas. Uh, he's one of the best that he's ever seen. So I-, I think he's pretty gosh dang good. Just wait till he starts hitting threes. Just wait. Oh yeah. Just wait. Yep. Okay, we're in December. Yep. So I know he came in to play the five. He might be that stretch four mm. that Mark Post been mm. looking for. Mm. 
He very, might he might just be that transformer plus we're looking for. Very, yeah. very halal. Very halal indeed. Very halal. Very halal indeed. As halal as you can get it. A very permissible indoor clean. I think that's the that's the that's what it means, right? Clean. Very clean. Pure, indeed, I think permissible, pure. pure. Yeah. 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 Dude. Very halal. Uh anyway. Maybe hopefully that's not any in any way, shape, or form like uh, improper to say. But anyway, uh, it's kind of like kosher, you know. Is it? Anyway, I don't want to get into too much trouble. BYU women's basketball. BYU women's yeah. basketball won over the weekend over Boise State at the Marriott Center, sixty-five to fifty. Kaylee Woolston led the team in scoring with eighteen points. Senior forward Laura Gustin added uh, to her rebounding totals with eighteen total rebounds, sixteen points in the win. Double double machine, the double double queen. The win puts. The team at eight and two overall with their next game this Saturday versus Idaho State at the Marriott Center. Game is at 2 p.m. Shout out to BYU Sports Information. This is just the third time in the last 10 years BYU women's basketball has won at least eight of their first 10 games. So just the third time in the last 10 years they've won at least eight of their first 10 games. Uh, I really like I really like the uh, build that Amber Whiting is continuing to make in just her second season in Provo. I, th- I think it's I think it's shaping up nicely. I don't know how good overall this team's going to be, especially once they hit conference play, but yep. I think she's building things very, very nicely. Some women's volleyball news. BYU Women's Volleyball Love Center, this. Whitney Bauer and uh, Libero Kamaili Hiapo were both drafted by the Pro Volleyball Federation's Atlanta Vibe, the league and organization announced on Monday afternoon. The Pro Volleyball Federation, the PVF, is the premier women's volleyball professional volleyball league in north america featuring world-class players and coaches kicking off its inaugural season on january 24 2024 including the vibe the pvf is home to seven teams the columbus fury grand rapids rise omaha supernovas orlando valkyries san diego mojo i like that and the las vegas thrill the dallas and kansas city with dallas kansas city and indianapolis joining us future markets in 2025 which uh which moniker, which uh, mascot do you like the most? Mine's like, the Mojo, I like, baby. I like a lot of them. You're a San Diego guy? Uh, oh, yeah, I yeah. love I love the uh, logo for the Las Vegas Thrill. Uh, Orlando Valkyries is a really good pairing. Valkyries down there with the Ponce de Leon region of Florida I think is really, really nice. But you know I got a ride. I got a ride with the Atlanta vibe, Ben. I mean, drafting Whitney Bauer, Mai Mai Hiapo, um, both uh, in the first and the third round respectively in their inaugural draft. Whitney Bauer, my girl, BYU's all-time, or not all-time leader, but but career leader in assists in the rally scoring era. Uh, I hope good things for this league, and I hope good things for this Atlanta franchise just because of those two players. Uh, I, I know Cougar Nation for sure wishes them all the best as well. Two of the greats that have come through Brigham uh, and an incredible women's volleyball program in the last decade. Really happy to see them able to continue their careers professionally, especially here in North America, where um, other professional volleyball leagues in the United States have tried and failed. I really hope one of these, whether it's the PVF or Lo- or League One Volleyball Love, which will launch in Salt Lake next year, uh, among other markets, I really hope one of them finds a way to succeed because this is a sport that needs a domestic professional league with how strong and how talented the women's game is um in the, at the high school and collegiate level as well so shout out to winnie and shout out to my my and shout out to the atlanta vibe i gotta get i'm gonna get some atlanta vibe gear i've decided it boom i'm gonna get some atlanta vibe gear boom yeah yeah i feel you i'm vibe. going yeah Women's soccer news, Breck Mazingo has been named a finalist for the Class of 2024 Honda Sport Award for Women's Soccer, as announced by Chris Voles, Executive Director of the Collegiate Women's Sports Awards today. Mazingo is one of four finalists with Jasmine Ike of Stanford University, Hannah Anderson of Texas Tech, and Onyi Echegini of Florida State. I apologize if I mispronounced any of those. Uh, there were no pronunciation guides in conjunction with the press release, uh, joining the list. Uh, so shout out to them. Any thoughts there, Sean Walker, uh, Mazingo, uh, with mo money, mo money, mo money. I don't know what I, I, two, I apologize. Two of the two of the four finalists for the Honda Sport Award this year coming from the Big Twelve and Brecken Mazingo from BYU and Hannah Anderson of Texas Tech. They are the first Honda Sport finalists from the Big Twelve, I believe, since Kadisha Buchanan from West Virginia. Some eight. Years ago, I want to say, six or eight years ago, Canadian International. Uh, now I think she plays overseas. She played briefly in the NWSL. I think she's overseas now. So it's been a minute for the Big 
12 as well. Uh, that West Virginia team, by the way, was the last time a Big 12 team had made the NCAA College Cup semifinals before BYU this past year. So already at the top of the league in women's soccer, BYU is, and let's see if they can stay there this coming year. Jen Rockwood's got a really, really big rebuild, uh, and a big piece of that rebuild is going to involve finding someone to replace Brecken Mazingo. Uh, in men's track and field news, men's track and field saw career best performances on day two of the BYU December Invitational with career outings from sprinters Dallin Draper, Josh Taylor, and recent graduate transfer addition Riley Hunt. Draper took first overall in the men's 60-meter dash with a 6.73 second finish, falling just shy of a BYU top 10 mark all time in the event. Taylor won the men's 500-meter as well as was part of the 4x400 relay team. Uh, on the women's side, Sierra Tidwell Alfin broke a 34-year-old BYU school record in the high jump, clearing 1.89 meters at 6 feet and 2.5 inches for those who don't subscribe to the metric system Saturday afternoon in the Smithfield House on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Tidwell Alfin's clearance breaks Chris Wilson's previous school record of 1.88 meters, again, 6 foot 2 feet jump set in 1989. The BYU women will return to action after the new year, hosting the BYU Indoor Invitational January 11th through 13th at the Smithfield House in Provo. Boom, shakalaka. I believe those are all the news and notes of the day. Uh, make sure you... Light week on campus this week, by the way. Uh, light, men's light basketball week. Wednesday, doubleheader men, women's game, men's game Saturday oh, yeah. afternoon. So other than that, I think it's a really light week for BYU. Why is that? Is that because finals I think week? Final, our finals going on this week. We need Ronald, We need our finals. student correspondent, Ronald Wilder the third to confirm for the finals. finals. But yeah, I think it's yes, probably... Indeed. It's got to be for, for All finals the week. finals. Yeah. Gotta get gotta get them grades up, keep them grades up, yeah, stay eligible. All right, that's our show. We're sticking to it. Download the podcast, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify. Give us a rating, give us a review. Support our sponsors. Uh, we can't do our show without our sponsors. Always give them an opportunity to earn your business, whether it's Les Schwab, Royal Army Brand, Ruby's Inn, Primo Golf Apparel, Odeon Menswear, Bowtown Pub and Grub, Dental Pros of Utah, Fat Daddy's Pizzeria, Ortho Pros of Utah, Tippadogas Hiking, Body Armor, Twisted Cow Shakes, and, uh, and the rest of of the sponsors that you hear on our airwaves. Um, as I mentioned, download the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Going to have a great show for you, as always, tomorrow on a Tuesday edition of Cougar Sports. From all of us here at ESPN I-60, we wish you a very good night. Have a safe night. You've been listening to Cougar Sports.